Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. And we are here with Kaylani and Bob Allen from Twitter. You may know them as, I'll let them say their handles. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, so this is Outlier Bob, also known as, I don't even know what my newest one is. <laughs> I don't feel so bad for not knowing that. Okay. <laughs> um, thanks for having us. I'm DK girl 42 I think <laughs> see okay good because I as soon as I started saying your names I was like nope I have no idea what their handles are <laughs> this is the trouble though I recognize people's I I 100% go by profile photos mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. handle can stay the same but if the photo changes even if the display name is the same I'm totally lost and if the photo and display name change I, I've regularly thought somebody was a brand new person for like a full week. And I'm like, oh no, that's Paul. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, this guy's really likable, just like my friend over here. Oh, it isn't. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. So uh the topic today and the reason why we have our our uh, guests here is inviting God into your marriage. And um we're I guess if we wanted the full spectrum, we could have gotten some really like experienced 50 years of marriage folks on here, but yeah. we're at least getting two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. So we've got relatively newlyweds expecting their first baby uh -huh. just about any day now, right? You guys, what's the we have a month, right? Technically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much 23 um, days. <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Um, and then Amber and I are what we just finished. Just year past 13? 12 years. You're 12. Yeah. We're in 13. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, I was knew. testing her. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we'll hopefully get a little mix of uh, perspectives and experiences. And wow. um, by all means, if you're listening and you are one of those 40-year or 50-year marriage folks and you want to learn us a thing or two, message us. Let us know. Because <laughs> I'm sure we have plenty to learn. Yeah. Um, so, with that... Kind of throw it as your initial like when you think about inviting god into your life um what comes to mind um for me it's on vibrate <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry go ahead go ahead for me it's um i definitely have to say you know being unified just in mm -hmm. general like mm -hmm. you just gotta be on the same page with everything i mean just in terms of communication um for us i i'm one of those people that has to over communicate everything i mean we just had a moment like two nights ago where i have brought up the same what's the word fear yeah and just cried about it all over again even though you know we've already solved this problem yeah, yeah. um <laughs> But I was like, I need, I'm feeling vulnerable about it again. I need to tell you about it. And he was like, okay, let's go through this again. Right. <laughs> Everything <Yeah>. is okay. <laughs> that definitely happens. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. very familiar. So I think unity is a, is a really good one. And I think that one is misunderstood a lot of times because I see, well, I see two kind of extreme attempts at it that don't quite fit the bill. One is where I'll see couples that, like one person completely sacrifices their will to the other person. And that's like their version of unity. So it's like mm -hmm. uh, person A never gets what they want because person B always mm -hmm. gets what they want. And they kind of like, well, that's, you know, we're so unified, but it's really like at the expense of one and no give and take. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that I see sometimes is people who like the opposite of what you're describing, Kehlani, is people will go years without talking about anything important or broaching any like uncomfortable subjects because they're like, well, we're trying to keep the peace. Like we don't want to fight or we don't want to argue. We don't want to have a discussion mm -hmm. about these things. And so there's like topics that are just taboo in the relationship, which I don't know. I can't imagine living like that. 
No. It seems so <laughs> it's a funny boring. Funny thing about that for for us. I know you guys have talked about your guys' parents on the podcast occasionally, yeah. so I'm I'm bringing up mine. Yeah. My parents <laughs> come up in the in the first category where they're the uh, one person decides mm-hmm. to sacrifice it all, and the other yeah. person just kind of uh, chooses it. And I would dare say, like your parents deal with the we don't talk about it. Yeah, no, that's a really big <laughs> interesting. One. Um, yeah, that was that was a fun thing learning in the first year of our well, the first couple of months of us dating, because I come from a family where if something doesn't fit, you just don't talk about it, and then eventually uh-huh. it'll go away. You yeah. bottle up your feelings, and then you'll die. <laughs> and Kehlani very quickly said. This is not okay, Bob. We're gonna fix this, and so it's been a uh, been a huge learning curve to understand yeah, sure. what the proper level of communication and even over communicating and learning how to work with someone that grew up differently from you. Because really, that's yeah, the end yeah. goal of marriage. Because oh, yeah. none of us were raised by the same two parents. Right. Otherwise, it'd be weird. we are living in the south but (laughs) we try to still discourage that sort of thing when we can and and i mean i think if you think of it in terms specifically of of inviting god with that level of of unity like the the easiest route to unity and communication is unifying yourself with with god so um that kind of takes care of those other ones, right? So if you're living the gospel, if you're both striving to become more like Jesus Christ, you're a lot more likely to align on the important things without necessarily having to mm-hmm. completely sacrifice your, you know, culture that you grew up in, your family culture, your likes, your dislikes, your individual temperaments, all of that. Mm-hmm. You can still bring that, but it's like on the stuff that actually matters, you're more likely to be aligned. And then you still maybe have different, you know, like Amber and I have different tastes in music. We have different ideas about how to raise our kids. Like there's all kinds of things that we can still disagree on. Mm-hmm. But if it comes down to like, well, how do we honor our temple covenants? Yeah. One of us is like, eh, casually. And the other one taking it seriously, you know? So yeah. unified on the important things, but not just losing ourselves in some pursuit of like, I don't know. So I'm just pretend that we all have the same opinions or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that was. I love that um, artistic depiction of a couple both reaching towards God and then God Mm -hmm. kind of bringing their hands together. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really shows that if we both reach to God, sometimes um, we we come from very different types of backgrounds, um, but nonetheless we have the same. I guess philosophical theological beliefs yes but i was gonna say goals probably <laughs> we have the same <laughs> yeah we're both trying to get to the same place you know we're all trying to get the celestial yeah. kingdom i guess yeah. and it's one of those things where like you know there's a few things that we don't necessarily always agree on granted we do think a lot alike mm-hmm. it's kind of weird sometimes mm-hmm. um but <laughs> we you know we're just different people in the end like you were talking about different music different we we can't watch the same movies we can't enjoy the same movies anyways. Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> same for us. <laughs> but you compromise and occasionally you find joy in watching some Jane Austen well, flicks or some Hallmark movies. He always movies. says that the movies I like are where nothing happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> like there's no major plot points or dramatic <laughs> twists or, you know, it's not like I just need guns and explosions, but like, no. you know, there's nothing... Yeah, we'll super watch each overstated. Other so then you're like, it's about the character development. Yeah. <laughs> so I've learned to appreciate the character development over the years, and even want to watch some of them, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so um, but on that issue, I can never watch the same movie too many times, and Kalani cannot watch the same movie twice in a row. <laughs> and so I would be perfectly fine watching like Tangled. 30 times in a week. It would yeah. be good. Yeah. Which, you know, he should be getting ready for with the little one coming yeah. around. Yeah. And yeah. Take a movie you, you really love and he's going to sit there and watch it. Yeah, you're Absolutely. all set to have kids. The, sure. key is to ex- the key is to expose them to the quality ones while they're young, though. So those are the ones that they request. Yes. We yes. made the mistake of letting our first, our oldest kids discover some of the low quality, like, YouTube inane shows. Yeah. 
And so then when they wanted those on repeat, we were like, what have we done? <laughs> so we had to quickly work that around to where now like the young, the we third, out. yeah, the third, she kind of knew about it, but then it's gone. And now Except we paid her to stop watching it. <laughs> we paid our third. The end result <laughs> is that she no longer requests it. And her youngest doesn't know about it. So but anyway. That. We did agree about that. That's yeah, that was, yeah, on we that. agreed on our <laughs> hatred of Blippi. So. Yeah. <laughs> it brings people together. Hating Blippi and hating Delilah after dark. Yeah. Two of our strongest hates. Unity. Yeah. All right, so unity, communication. I mean, I'm just going to state these because I feel like if we don't, we're going to have somebody be like, well, what about... The, the like seminary and primary answers of like praying together, mm-hmm. studying your scriptures together, attending church together, all of that absolutely invites God into your lives because you ca- you have to have time where you're individually inviting God into your own life and your own mm-hmm. mindset. Um, and we've experienced that over the years of times where we've been more lax about that uh-huh. and it's been way edgier. And then times when we've been more on it and it positively impacts everything else. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Like when we were very first married, we didn't talk like beforehand about what our plan was going to be for like praying together, reading scriptures together, like when we were going to do it and yeah. how we we're going to fit it in and things like that. And so like when we first got married, we just both didn't do any of that stuff. Like get married in the temple, then not read your scriptures like together. a week without. We prayed together. Yeah. But, but week without like got personal gospel study. Yeah. Or, or yeah. any of that stuff. Because we were, you know, just excited you got married. And then it like dawned on us. We had like a really big fight right away when we first got married. And then it dawned on us that we had totally like not made time for any of that. And so we said, okay, we're, we're adding this in now. And we made a plan for it. And then it's not like it stopped any contention for the next We're perfect from then on. But but (laughs) there was a noticeable change for me. Yeah. um, Once we started doing that. And then a lot of stuff, because we came from such different families, took a while to, for us to figure out how to mesh them together. But like the gospel stuff was really like the easiest yeah, I think that could be kind of the bedrock and yeah. then the other stuff took more time it was like the one thing that we were 100% for sure we did not fight about right yeah yeah we were both on the same page with that I will say that's one of the things that um when I grew up my father so my father is uh from western Samoa um so I'm you know half Polynesian my mom is from San Diego <laughs> so and they met at BYU Hawaii um so you know they have very drastically different cultures in a sense and the way that they grew up but one of the things that my dad said that he wanted us to grow up as he said he didn't want us to grow up uh Polynesian or Caucasian he wanted us to grow up in the culture of the gospel Mm -hmm. and so that was one of the things that you know Bob and I also kind of agreed I would also dare say that's probably the easiest thing in the marriage I was like are we gonna pray Avi, are we gonna do family yeah. this evening? Yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. Like, that stuff is totally fine. But he was like, so when we do the marriage, should we do like a pig for the dinner? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice when you have that foundation. And I mean, I have to say, hats off to families that, you know, don't have that for one reason or another. Like, there in our last ward, there were a few part member families. In this ward, there's at least one that I know of specifically. And seeing like the faithfulness of the active member um, or the one who is a member, uh, even though they're not in a household where they are, have that unity. Like I, I would see that as so much more challenging. So when I see people who are solid on that, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's incredible. But I do think that would be a really hard chunk to navigate because it impacts like every aspect of your life. Like even if oh, you're yeah. just like hanging out before bed and having that time to like be able to have your own prayer and your own scripture study. If they're like, no, let's just watch TV or, you know, whatever you're not, you're not like aligned in your main goals. So um, I don't know where I was going with that other than I'm grateful that we do have it. Mm -hmm. And I think inviting God couldn't happen as easily, even if you were both religious somewhat, but didn't have the same faith. Like, there are so many layers where that can't overlap as easily. Yeah, that would be so much harder. 
a really funny enough scripture that I, I happened to come across in my readings recently was um, uh, Mosiah 18:21, where basically it was um, they had what he said was that the Lord commanded that there be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism. And um, that having their hearts knit together in unity and in love to one towards another. And that's like what you can see in all the, all those righteous times. Mm -hmm. um, they prosper because of those things they had. They were unified as a people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, when the Lord talks about unity in the marriage, I think it's also, it translates into unity as a people. It should look the same way in a ward mm -hmm. in a sense, like when we all meet together uh, as a congregation, when we meet together to do uh, temple ordinances, mm -hmm. um, it looks the same thing in our in our marriages, in a sense. Right. Yeah. And those are kind of like like those checkpoints that, even if you're not unified in the other ways, you can line up there. All right, so we've talked about unity. We've talked about communication. What else for you guys has stood out for inviting God into your marriage? Um, having an eternal courtship in the marriage, um, I think that can, you know, draw love, Christ-like love. Therefore, you know, bringing God into the whole marriage aspect. Mm -hmm. um, what, what eternal courtship looks like definitely differs. I know with you guys, you guys have four kids now, right? Yeah. We obviously don't have any kids, so, you know, going on. <laughs> well, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> um, we, going on weekly dates was one of those things for me um, that we discussed with in, in, in engagement. Yeah. I think we were dating at the time, not yeah. even engaged yet. Yeah, we went on free. We, we wanted to do relatively close to weekly dates. Um, awesome. as yeah. part of our courting, even yeah. in marriage, mm -hmm. um, that we wanted to do. Um, but one thing that we have been talking about recently, since we're going to have a kid is how that's going to change. Yeah. Um, we've been, I mean, one of the things that we're doing currently is that we also have a temple date once, um, uh, twice a month now, um, which is going to, you know, again, change as we have yeah. a little person that we can't necessarily leave alone. Um, even if we have family around the area, um, we, you know, don't want to leave him. I mean, he's going to be, what, a couple weeks old. You can't yeah, really go right. far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the biggest things with doing that eternal courtship is you're not just going through the motions of, yeah, we're totally married. We sleep in the same bed. We, uh, you know, cook yeah. food for each other. And I work. She stays home and works on all the house fitting and everything else. Um, but you're thinking about what those interests are in your spouse and what they mm -hmm. like to do and what you want to do with them. And for me, who is, I'm not a planner, I am horrible <laughs> at planning anything. I will fail it every time. Um, and Kehlani laughs at me so often because in the beginning, I had the most just pathetic outlines for dates. And <laughs> I think we discussed it once upon a time. Our first uh, date. It was it was planned by me, and it was atrocious. We were lost for hours, and from that point, um, like every time that Kilani plans a date, I'm like, okay, what are the things that she did? What went well? How can I replicate that so that yeah. we can have a fun date? But also the dating principles. <laughs> exactly. And and also grow together because yeah, yeah. the end goal of dating in marriage is staying close and even growing closer. Um, I'm sure that you guys can attest that after 12 going on 13 years, that the time you spent together is so much more meaningful than what it was in the very beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just looks different too. You know, like I said, we're don't have kids. So Dating weekly, is that always going to be a possibility? I don't necessarily think so. Um, you know, when especially when you add kids and then all their school rubbish, their extracurriculars, um, 
church activities, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm personally not going to assume it's going to stay the exact same. <laughs> right. That, that just to me sounds a little unrealistic. Yeah. Um, anybody else who can date or be married for 12 years with kids and still do weekly dates can kudos to you. Yeah, it's been interesting because we had um my mom nearby in California for several years and she was always more than happy to watch the kids. Um and we, you know, felt really comfortable. Well, for the most part, she had a yeah. fountain that was always a point of concern, but we won't get into that. No, we're not allowed uh, no. to talk about that. <laughs> no, but we always felt really comfortable with her watching them, and uh -huh. it was a very good kind of synergistic thing because she loved seeing the kids. The kids loved playing at her house. And so that was a really convenient way for us to go on pretty regular dates. Mm -hmm. um, we, Whenever we have a baby, we would just take it with us on the date and, you know, prop it in its little seat on the chair. Oh, we ate or whatever yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, leave the older kids, take the, whatever the youngest is, if they're newborn, just take the baby with you and it still yeah nice quality time yeah. better than when you have more people interrupting. You like have a better date if you bring the baby most of the time than if you're worried about it at <laughs> right. grandma's house the whole time because it's little, I yeah. think. Yeah. Not because she we doesn't have, we're celebrating no, our first, our second anniversary in March. Yeah. So obviously little person will be about a month old. Yeah. So I can't yeah. leave him far again. Yeah. So I was just telling him, I was like, just plan that he's going to come with us. And yeah. It's yeah. just going to be easier <laughs> that get way. Some good baby carriers. Yeah. When they're little, it's not too bad, actually. <laughs> no, it's not. Especially when they're nonverbal, I'll be honest. Yeah. That's the, the anything, <laughs> any nonverbal, anything that's an interruption that doesn't involve them interjecting their thoughts into every sentence that you try to have is, is you, you can, can deal with that. Talk is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but now that's been one of the hardest things about adjusting to here. Cause, Cause we, we don't have the childcare. Yeah. yeah. So like our dates look like, okay, after everyone's asleep, let's try to have a home date yeah. or like, <laughs> okay, let's go for a drive so we can have a conversation and most of the kids can fall asleep in the back of the car. Like that's as close as you can get. Yeah. But um, I will say, you know, dates aside, it really does come down to quality of focus during your time together mm -hmm. when it comes to courtship. Because um, I know couples who are really good at kind of the showy, obvious stuff and don't really care that deeply or know that deeply about each other. Mm -hmm. So it's like, They'll go on, you know, big, dramatic, two-week vacation to some far-off exotic place and post all the fabulous pictures. Uh -huh. But if you ever spend time around them, they have no interest in each other. They don't really know that much about each other. All of their free time and all of their hobbies involve anyone but each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, these forced times, but the unity isn't as much there, I guess. Yeah. And the, the, the interest in each other, not just the mutual interest, yeah. but interest in each other isn't there. It's funny because when we were first dating, well, the whole time we were dating and when we first married, like most of our dates just involved us getting food and then talking for like five hours or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Or it was mostly just us talking, 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 talking. And that has not changed in 12 years. Like <laughs> yeah. sometimes we'll be like at the end of the night, we'll be like, our kids are finally asleep. Let's just watch TV together. And then we'll just start talking for like an hour. Well, now we have to go to bed. But, but the same idea is like, that's still how we date in a lot of ways is just talking yeah, just not in a car friends. in our own house i feel so bad sometimes we'll have the lights out he's laying down his eyes are closed and i'll be like what do you think about this and we just go off on a topic next thing you know it's like 2 a.m and i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's good though i mean the other thing too that i think involves courtship and we're talking about more like a godly approach mm -hmm. um is service to each other and that's that has changed over the years like it used to be a lot more you know could be a lot more focused on directly each other's needs uh -huh. um and we still have that but there's a, just a lot more to be done for other little people <laughs> so like changing a diaper so that the other person doesn't have to is a freaking greeting card yeah 
like waking up early enough to make breakfast for everybody so that the other person doesn't have to like that can go a long way it's it's kind of those things that are not as i guess grand and romantic on the face um but having that awareness of what helps each other um or kind of like what's valuable to each other i think can be just as much a part of courtship as kind of the more hollow like I brought you flowers. I was like, well, thanks for the flowers, but I'm exhausted. Yeah. I need a nap <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know? Why yeah. I call it like, you know, eternal courtship because it's just going to look different per couple, per people, yeah. per years. Um, it just yeah. looks different. But, um, and the other reason why I, again, use eternal courtship is because David O. McKay said it perfectly. He said, too many couples have come to the altar of marriage looking upon the marriage ceremony as the end of courtship instead of the beginning of an eternal courtship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So what do you think? I mean, we've talked but other than that, what do you think are some of the obstacles to keeping it going? Cause you know, you were like saying, you know, someone who can keep that going after 12 years with kids or like, you know, we see people, we see couples all over who they're clearly not really courting each other anymore. What do you guys see as some of the obstacles to that? Like, how does that fall away? Um, planning can be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> she looks right at Bob. <laughs> Dagger eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, generally so, speaking, Bob. <laughs> I mean, aside from just, you know, the lack of planning, sometimes, you know, Backup plans are necessary. Um, sometimes Bob, backups for your backups. Yeah, Bob doesn't realize how sometimes some of my dates have gone awry. Little does he know, but I just had a couple other backup plans just in case. Smooth. But right. I told you guys, I'm I'm paranoid. I I need to have things planned down to the T. I'm I'm weird like that. Um, but yeah, so I think sometimes lack of planning, sometimes dedication to that plan even yeah um, like you don't want to let something go on that yeah. like you had something great planned and you were like we're doing this and that's my yeah. problem right. is that sometimes i'm so inflexible like even if i have my other plans i if my plan doesn't go right i'm just going to shut down that's it mm-hmm. like wait I, my plan didn't go that's it <laughs> we're not going anymore it's all a wash <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hmm. i think one big thing um something that i've noticed for me is anytime there's like back when I was doing pilot training, um, there were a couple of exams that I was taking while we were dating, and there was one that I took while we were married. I think just one. Um, and each each time that I would come up close to those, my entire brain would be broken. The whole week, this oh, man would just oh, yeah. yeah just completely stressed the freak out. And um, there were so many times where Kaylani was like, Bob, you just need to take a breath. You've studied all that you can. You know the material. You've explained it to me multiple times. Yeah. Be my boyfriend. Be my husband for a little bit and spend some time with me. Mm -hmm. And I know that during those times I was just like, but what if I forget? And just sweating (laughs) the entire time. And... Honestly, it's, <laughs> there's nothing that I accomplished through sweating about it that helped in anything. And then he would come <laughs> home and he'd pass it and it'd be that. That'd be that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back now. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I guess, the the, you're saying to me two weeks ago. <laughs> sum that up, I guess that would be, uh, work or life stress yeah Um, their priorities seeping in yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like if you don't prioritize scripture reading you're not going to you know get to that same thing here if you're not going to prioritize a date every once in a while you're never going to get to that yeah so yeah it's that intentionality like you you're not going to accidentally read your scriptures you're not going to accidentally take your spouse on an amazing date mm-hmm. it doesn't just happen by default and like the entropy of how that can be those habits can slip increases with every child that you add 
like every commitment, every calling, like all of these other things that can get in the way, just add to how that can fall apart if you're not really, really keeping it together, maintaining it. And even just like being honest with each other about how it's going. Mm Because that's the other thing that we've noticed with some of our habits that were really good when they were happening. Um, We just like weren't talking about it. And then it kind of slipped away. And then it wasn't until we checked in like, wow, our prayers suck lately. Mm-hmm. Or our scripture study is a joke. Like yeah, being really frank about it and not being afraid to kind of own up to when those things could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a time recently when we've been really busy lately, of course, because we've moved kids and yeah. starting new business and stuff like that. And we had a time like I'd say a month or two ago where we were like just going all day. Then once the evening came, we were kind of just doing things and go to bed for a while. And then so we noticed I noticed we were like feeling kind of distant with each other and you noticed it, too. So I just brought it up one day and was like, we need a reset. Just like we, we hate being like this. Yeah distant from you right just distraction so let's just reset so we just reset it because we talked about it and it improved so much don't you think yeah just having that awareness was a really helpful turning point to kind of like one of you quantifying it and then the other one kind of realizing like oh yeah that is happening Yeah, because we're kind of like what's going on we feel really like not connected yeah (laughs) and that and it really was it yeah just we weren't spending the time yeah. And it wasn't like we were mad at each other or deliberately yeah. avoiding each other. It just had become like less of a priority because there'd always be something else. And I think that's it. It's like there always are other priorities that you can, you know, it's like that good, better, best concept, right? There's always good and even better things that you yeah. could spend your time doing that don't necessarily involve your spouse. And so many people have those hobbies that are a regular part of their life or, mm-hmm. You know, like even things that they'll do in the house where it's like, this is my dedicated space where my wife doesn't have to nag me and I can do my (laughs) thing or like whatever. And that becomes kind of your focus. And then they're trying to fit in around that. Um, So anytime you can. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you can like fold that in to your hobbies or interests. Not that you all have to have the same, but like. You don't have to be together all the time. Yeah. Okay, marbles and sand in the jar. How about that for a visual? That object <laughs> lesson. Did you guys have that one as kids? Yeah. Yeah, it's like no, if I you put the sand in first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so going back to your work analogy, it's like, yeah, you have to kind of prioritize what are the most important things? What are the mm-hmm. this large rocks that I have to get in there? Um, and then the other stuff does fit better. Like once we made that flip, I don't think anything's important has been left undone. No. So we're, like, we're spending more time together and focused on each other. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, everything else has gone to pot. Yeah. You have more energy. You're happier. You're, you know, more spiritually minded. And so you're more capable to get that stuff done. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what else comes to mind when you think about inviting God into your marriage? This is the one you know. I've already forgotten that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me all the time. There we go. Celestial progression. Um, yeah. And just kind of what Kehlani was saying earlier with that picture of the couple that's reaching up towards God and he's putting their hands together. Um, God... I feel like God wants us to have our goals in mind and specifically our progression in mind. I mean, we hear about it almost every conference where it doesn't matter where, well, it doesn't matter how fast you're going, mm-hmm. just where you're going to. And one thing that Kehlani and I have actually been really amazing about, mainly thanks to Kehlani, is setting specific goals. That um, you guys talked about a couple yeah episodes ago or something like that yeah we just mm-hmm. missed it no i yeah i was uh, got it i missed it um but setting those goals that can lead you on a more christ-centered life on a more healthy lifestyle or growing your education mm-hmm. however you want to well you know we also I don't know about you anymore, but I, I want to get to the celestial kingdom. I'm hoping he wants to get to the celestial kingdom. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> so, you know, having that goal in mind 
of mm-hmm. Celestial Kingdom, you know, um, pretty much sets the goals, everything else. Um, like you guys yeah. were talking about how you don't just want to just set goals just to set goals, but you want to have like a purpose behind them that mm-hmm. in the end can actually lead you closer to God. And I think that's one of those things, the ways to kind of invite God, but at the same time to that automatically already has God in it is to set those godly goals. And mm-hmm. as a as a couple, um, it makes it, I guess it makes it it makes it the path clear, the shape mm-hmm. narrow. Now both of us is open to our minds. That makes yeah. sense. It does. It does. Yeah. We're about I think to say something. No. Oh, okay. I thought we were both about, and then I stopped. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it relates to to, like that caring about each other. So it's like not only do I want to make it to the celestial kingdom, I want Amber to make it, mm-hmm. and I want to help her. Like I want to make her path there as successful as possible. So when you have, when you know that you have somebody else, and I know she does for me. So when you know that you have somebody else you know, like rooting for you or, or supporting you, um, it becomes a lot more unifying because you'll do things for each other that, you know, that allow that progression to happen mm-hmm. I guess more efficiently, maybe is the word I'm looking for. Um, some examples that come to mind for me are like the experience of being forgiven so freely by Amber really helped make the concept of Christ forgiving me and the concept of mm-hmm. repentance more real and practical. Um, not that I didn't have other people forgive me other times in my life, but um, she'll just do it so readily and for things that I would assume would take way longer. And so experiencing some of those pieces where it's like, okay, she's not going to hold a grudge and create this obstacle, this arbitrary obstacle between me and my progression, my repentance, my you know refocusing. Um, I feel a lot more empowered and a lot more comfortable. And so mm. like we talked about this concept, I don't remember where I first heard it about, but we've talked about it throughout our marriage over the years of like, you can either each be a hundred percent focused on your own needs and resent the other for never caring about your needs, or you can each be a hundred percent focused on the other person's needs and have way more opportunities to be grateful, be humbled mm-hmm. um, and serve each other in either case your needs will most likely be met. But when you're focused on each other's needs, when you're having a crappy day, there's still someone there to care about your needs and take care of you. Whereas when you're focused on yourself and you have a crappy day, you're just going to feel alone and your spouse is going to be annoyed (laughs) that you're having a crappy day. And then they're going to just go off and take care of their needs. Um, So thinking about that, as far as eternal needs and eternal progression, like you should be just as focused on your spouse's progression as you are yourself. Not that it relies on you, only you can save yourself. But um, I tweeted out that quote by President Nelson. I'm probably going to butcher it, but I'm going to try to remember it. He said, um, salvation is an individual matter. Exaltation is a family matter. Mm. So that's word for that word. Up that. Yeah. Oh, good. Got yes. It. I remembered something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's other? a great point. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you guys have anything that you differ from us in that aspect? Good question. I think we're really um, big on like the idea of you don't have to sugarcoat anything, I guess, like being really upfront about what you think and what you do. I'm not saying that differs from you guys, but it kind of differs from a lot of the status quo Mm -hmm. of um, like, I'll see couples trying to communicate with each other and they're beating around the bush all the time. Speaking like code or something. Yeah. 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 Or just like they, they are very passive aggressive in the way that they'll say it or they're. um, I guess we used to maybe do that a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah, we definitely did. We were trying to be more careful, like about, what we said to each other because we didn't want to upset the other one. And we would misunderstand each other a lot when we were first married, which is ridiculous amount of misunderstanding. Mostly assuming the wrong intentions. Yeah. yeah. And so we got to the point where we'd been 
uh, together long enough that we just had like, I trust that you have my best intentions, mm -hmm. then you don't take stuff wrong as much, I guess. So you, yeah, just, you have that, you're afforded a little more of that like bluntness. Yeah, and we are both kind of more blunt the way that we think and communicate. And so we would offend each other more in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, more opportunities to be offended. We've always sure. been that way, <laughs> but we haven't, like, we didn't like morph into sugarcoating things as we got, we were together longer. We just like understood the bluntness and we're like kind of grateful for it. Cause like he tells me something, I know that's what he means. He's not hinting around. He's not, right. not saying what he means. And same for me, I'll just say it however. Every once in a while, I'll be like, I don't know how to say this, so I'm just gonna say it like, yeah, <laughs> without trying to make it sound nice. Just and, blurt it out. You know, it works. Sometimes it's annoying in the moment, and you're like, oh, that's yeah, like I need a minute to process. Yeah, but it it's way better than because I I just think a lot of wasted time is spent mm -hmm. resenting. You know, spouses will resent each other, um, or they'll wonder, and they'll, there's like a lot of insecurity if you're thinking like. Do they have a problem with this? Yeah. Whereas, like, when we've got now that we've gotten to the point where we can be much more upfront and blunt, like, I know if there's a problem, I'm, I'm gonna know about it. Like, she'll yeah. talk to me about it, and and vice versa. So I have a lot more confidence and kind of like feel a lot more secure because, like, if I'm doing something that could have been annoying, maybe, and she doesn't say it's annoying, I don't have to worry anymore about if it's annoying. Yeah. I don't have to worry about I was secretly doing some annoying thing that I didn't recognize might have been annoying. Yeah. Or offensive or hurtful or whatever. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean you never have misunderstandings, but you just, we can resolve them much faster. Yeah. It's just a faster it's like resolution. A three minute heated exchange and then we move on rather yeah. than like half a day wasted because we just let it blow yeah. up. Or... Yeah. I don't know if we explain that very well. <laughs> definitely in the beginning, I'm a, like I said, I come from a family where it really, we'll shoot you in the face with whatever we're trying to <laughs> yeah. say. And, and so there'd be a lot of times where, you know, I'm shooting him in the face and he's just like, Whoa, where did this, what happened? Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. And so I had to, I had to like drag it out of him, you know, not just, not just, you know, the communication, but like the honesty in that communication, getting to the point where I understood what he was trying to say. And now it's to the point where, so we currently live with my, my parent, my family, my siblings are all here so, too. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the way that we joke with each other is, um, I don't know, I don't know what the word is for it, but um, my siblings have constantly made fun of me. They're like, wow, you really don't love your husband. They talk about how like, there's, I'm so mean to him. And I'm like, well, now I have to go check with my husband. So I have to go sometimes. I'm not like, yeah. I got to check just in case. Am I really crazy? Or he's like, no, I understand we're doing the same thing like we normally do. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting when you're around others. I, I definitely think that's a that's a whole nother layer if you have to be around extended family or um, even like our kids, we had to become a lot less sarcastic because our oldest doesn't, really understand sarcasm so it would really upset him when you'd hear us saying things that we didn't mean not even like mean things but just like joking things like yeah like oh man now your arm's gonna fall off or like things like that this jokey yeah 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 so it's interesting yeah the more the more ears there are around you do have to somewhat adjust your but that's actually helped too mm -hmm. cutting sarcasm out made our communication a lot more clear and yeah efficient. with each other and with our kids right. for sure so that was kind of a happy little I accident know. we were like why does he always <laughs> say the opposite of what he wants like he would just say it like it was real he would say the opposite yeah. like i don't want cookies yeah or whatever then we're like but we think you really do want a cookie yeah or be like you guys are just gonna tell me i can't have that and then, like, why would we do that yeah and then we realized it came down to that we were saying the basically the opposite of no, what we meant sarcasm around him and we cut that out and it's helped a ton so yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah i mean and that relates back to inviting god into your marriage because you do have to adjust to make your like you know as your kid becomes older and becomes verbal you will adjust the way you communicate and interact with each other significantly to adjust to kind of each kid's needs and it doesn't mean that your relationship is 
changing for the worse. It's just you, everything kind of is constantly evolving. It's progression in, in the purest form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we get in trouble when we view change as a negative. We all are trying to change if we're changing in the right ways. We're all trying to become more like our savior. And kids help that a ton. Um, they help keep you accountable. They help keep you honest. Um, and they help keep you really humble and prayerful <laughs> because you don't know what the heck you're doing most of the time and you're still having to do it. You don't get to crawl into a corner and just be like, I give up. <laughs> like, oh shoot, I have to clean poop off of all of those surfaces oh, yeah. <laughs> or else it won't be clean. Sometimes one of you might crawl into that corner and the other one can pick up the slack. There's the Christ-like service. Yeah, yeah only one, one can you break down at a time, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotta coordinate it. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, this was my it's afternoon. Your turn. Punch in the time clock. Yeah. <laughs> Not my so, job anymore. I, I do think there's a certain yeah. um, beauty in that progression. And I think just as Heavenly Father is most um like his charity is most just on display most with his interactions with us um kids and marriage and family can bring out the best in each of us and Mm so um i think it's awesome i'm so excited that you guys are starting your family i'm so Mm -hmm. excited for you and you'll get like those sarcastic mommy bloggers and those kind of like douchey deadbeat dad guys who are like kid my life was great until i had kids mommy's glass of wine because my kids are all annoying brats but that's all bogus like every child has brought infinite more infinitely more joy um more growth and more progression into our lives Mm -hmm. so enjoy that it's it's great it's exciting yeah and we're looking forward to it he is already the most doting husband, father. And he's just, and I don't even know, understand how, but him and the baby already have a have a bond. I yeah. swear he's the yeah. only one that can, you know, tap the stomach and he automatically kicks. And he can make him kick the whole time he's there. Anybody else? Perfect. Nothing. It's just him. It's not even with me. He's got to introduce the I'm your movie on repeat, buddy, early on. Yeah. (laughs) My hiking buddy, all that stuff. Exactly. Waking up at 5 a.m. too happy in the morning, buddy. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah, that actually worked out well for us. We've got one night owl and one morning person. So, although you're kind of an all nighter lately, the age age of the kid. It depends on the age of the kid. But. Yeah. But I'm never a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I sleep through the night. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. You're never a morning person. And I'm like, if it gets past 4.30, I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of sleeping. I just want to be up. <laughs> so it works out with the kids because we've got two morning kids and then one for sure night owl, late sleeper. I don't know what this baby we'll will see. be. He never wants to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I'm up early with our early birds. Like sometimes they'll come get me like four in the morning and I'm perfectly obliged to be up with them. And yeah, see, <laughs> I can't do that. Keelani's like throwing up in her mouth no. just at the thought of it. <laughs> they don't That's how Amber that. feels about it. Yeah. I could probably out. do that, but uh, I imagine that if they try to come in at four in the morning, I'm just going to like grab them and tackle them into the bed and just, yeah. nope, you're going to, you're going to sleep with me for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, any other last thoughts from any of you guys? I actually just one that I, I hadn't even thought about uh, until yeah. recently. I, I happen again, I live with my um, family that my siblings um, are 20, shoot, 22 now. 18 and 10 so Mm -hmm. it's kind of broad spectrum but you know the older Mm -hmm. siblings they're starting to kind of my brother just got back from his mission um my sister is is joining the ysa going to college they're looking towards getting married and um like i said with my um family or with my parents um one of the other things too with them kind of always being the oh my dad is the kind of dude that compromises everything in order to make my mom happy um, the other thing that they kind of did is that I would 
I don't know if I want to say this on the podcast per se, but I would almost <laughs> dare say that, uh, <laughs> you know, I never really saw my parents as in love. I, mm-hmm. like, I could, they were married and they were happy to an extent um, or whatever, I guess. And I saw that as a very successful partnership in a marriage, but mm-hmm. I never thought of them as in love. And um, one of my things that my siblings have each individually said to me um, is that they love the way that Bob and I love each other publicly. Um, mm. Now that doesn't mean like hella PDA all over the place. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're not <laughs> trying like, to. When you guys make out on the couch, it just really is affirming to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just the way that um, you know they have they have said like you know my sister has said they can see how much Bob loves me. They can yeah, see it on his cool. face. Um, my brother has said, you guys are best friends and partners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I don't know if that's necessarily necessary to be super public about your uh, your love, but I think when you love your person, your, your spouse, um, so much, it's and you have that bond, It you can see God in it. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. see that can, that not, no one else can have that in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to look different in each marriage, I guess. I don't know if I'm saying any of that right. But <laughs> it makes sense. You know, it, oh. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you guys show each other love through service, through... Um, your words, the way that you guys are, we are, as we said earlier, mm-hmm. um, other people see it as well. It's the same thing with, um, you know, the gospel. When we live the gospel, other people see Christ's light in us and it's mm-hmm. undiminishable. Yeah. 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 I come from a long line of dysfunctional marriages and families um, as far as like, especially husbands that don't take their responsibility seriously and either intentionally dog out or for all intents and purposes. Um, and so it's been cool because my sister and my mom have each said similar things to like what you're saying of like, it's really cool for them to see number one, Amber and I actually like each other and like being around each other. <laughs> and then seeing me as a father, actually being a deliberate father and like us, raising our kids together um, because for many generations in my family, that has not been the case. So I do think there's a, there's definitely a godliness in that. Like we're all trying to do better than, you know, maybe what we experienced or what our concept of marriage was when we first got married, we're trying to become more like our father in heaven. And we don't necessarily know the details and the ins and outs, um of his companionship but we know what kind of a god he is and so it's really easy to think if i want to have a marriage that's based off of his attributes based off of the attributes of jesus christ it's probably not going to look like most of what i see represented in tv movies all pop culture references to what marriage is it's going to be very different that living LDS one or something that you saw, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Even within our own cultural references. So like the family proclamation, I mean, we've already hit that on this podcast, but that's your bedrock and that's going to guide you to what, what you're doing to become that unified and to have that love in your family. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think it's great when other people can draw from that and, and it can be aspirational because I don't know about you guys, but I've I've definitely had married people in my life that I've been like, that, that is what I want. I love that. And then I've known plenty of people where I'm like, ooh, if that's what marriage is, yeah, single <laughs> life sounds decent. <laughs> so you don't want to be that. You don't want to let yourself become the like cautionary tale to the people in your life. And if you have, mm-hmm. like if if you're listening and you're not so sure or you're like, well, me and my spouse have a different understanding. We have a different arrangement. We have a different kind of religion. Like if you're trying to cope, maybe, you know, pray about it or pray with them about it even better and consider ways you can improve it a little bit because we all are trying to improve. It's not like some of us have it and some of us don't, but 
what's your trajectory? It's like Bob said earlier, not necessarily how far you have to go, but what's your end goal? What's your trajectory? Mm -hmm. And if your trajectory isn't toward becoming more loving and unified, you're, you're either going to be stagnant at best or fall apart. And heck, your marriage is, I mean, our marriage may not even be perfect. I bet, I bet our kids are going to be like, I don't want my marriage to look anything like my parents. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, I, you know, we both talked to each other while we were engaged that when it came to our marriage and parenting, what is it going to look like? And mm-hmm. we both kind of came to the degree of it's a mixture of both. We had things that we liked and disliked in both marriages. Um, and then other aspects that we saw, like you said, in other marriages, too, that mm-hmm. we were like, oh, you know what? Um, I do like that, but I don't like this. And so you you kind of make a mod podge of it together. And then, of course, you're not going to be perfect. Basically, our whole plan is, you know, we're going to screw up our kids better than we did the last time or they did us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> a little exactly. less dysfunction with every generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or just different dysfunction. Yeah. yeah, maybe more manageable dysfunction. You you teach them to be dysfunctional, but you also teach them how to cope with that dysfunction because it's familiar to you. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, I do I do think there's um, value in having that reality of like knowing that you're not needing to be perfect to still be progressing, mm-hmm. and knowing that you don't need to individually be perfect um, to still have a really solid marriage. Like you, a lot of it comes down to your forgiveness and your patience with each other's imperfections, not waiting till you each get to the point independently that you're perfect enough to have that connection. Because if you're going to wait for that, good luck in this life and good luck making it to the point where that ever happens. Mm -hmm. So you have to be more about like, I'm open to all of the things that are going to be funky and awkward and imperfect and that's okay, but if you're both there, then you have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other last nuggets of wisdom before we end? Because I know one of our kids is going to wake up if we <laughs> attempt fate too much longer. I think I'm good. All right. Golden. Good. Excellent. Well, thank you guys again for coming on the show. I know we missed an opportunity. Those, uh-huh. uh, those who are listening don't know this, but we had a golden opportunity to have them <laughs> record an episode live in person when they came and visited us but didn't really like think of it conscious i didn't think of it consciously enough fast enough and then after they left i like messaged and was like man we should have recorded an episode and bob was like i would have loved that <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it when i was there because i was like i feel like i'm stepping on toes <laughs> We got in the car. He was like, "They didn't ask us to be on their podcast." And we were like, "Okay, that's okay." Oh, just pouring oh, salt in that wound. I felt so bad. I didn't think of it. If you had said something, we would have been fine. And the funny part was, our kids all yeah. ran off into the back of the I mean, house. No, usually they're so noisy, and they come in here. Right. So we had like an hour-long conversation yeah. at the table. But none of you ever get to hear it. Sorry. <laughs> so, but no, it was it was a hilarious turn of events. So ever since I've been like, we've got to have them on the podcast soon to make up for my yeah. failings. So I'm glad it worked out. As the audio isn't corrupt, if everything actually works, yes, we did it. Wasn't as good as it could have been if we had done it live, probably. But well, maybe we'll have another chance for that sometime. <laughs> yes, next time we oh, see. Oh, just so you know, we'll, we'll try open. and set up for the open house. So oh, oh, that would be yeah. great. Yeah. Perfect. And you okay. can have a kid to be noisy during it too. Yes. <laughs> we can be yeah. of kid sounds. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, so uh, just a reminder to our listeners, if you have not already, please find us on our Facebook page and like it. If you haven't found the Facebook group, which is literally every one of you except for Shandy, <laughs> please go find the Facebook group and join because we're hoping that's where we can have other discussions about Things we talk about on <laughs> ideas for future episodes or just ideas in general that you think would be fun to share with the goofy, like-minded members of the church that also can tolerate the show. It's like a self-selected group of people who take the gospel really seriously, but don't take themselves too seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful blend. It's the magic mix. Um, and if you want to continue the conversation or let us know what your thoughts are on 
how you can invite God into your marriage. You can either mm -hmm. go find the tweet I already sent out and only two people responded to, but I'm not holding grudges. Maybe it was three. Um, they were or good comments, though. They were good comments. Or you can send us all a DM or DM any one of us or tag <laughs> us in a tweet of your own. And thanks again for coming on the show. Give us some more uh, tips and tricks, please. Yes, let us know. We in. all want to learn. <laughs> and until next time, we'll see you later, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>